It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Vikings, they hold on against the Falcons in an absolutely bizarre slugfest. We're breaking it all down. It's coming up next on the Locked On Vikings postcast. You are Locked On Vikings postcast. Part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Vikings rise up against Atlanta 31-28. They move to 5-4 and four on the season. And we get a peek at life without Kirk Cousins today. What's happening, everyone? Thanks for joining. We got the full four-man crew here today. Myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's Ron Johnson. He's on X at 3 Ron Johnson, host of the Ron Johnson Show right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. Luke Braun, host of Lockdown Vikings each and every day. He's on X at Luke Braun NFL. Last but not least, the maestro, Sam Ekstrom, host of the Minnesota Football Party every Monday, Thursday. He's on X at Sam Ekstrom. Before we jump into it, fellas, quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, boys. Vikes move to five and four today in Atlanta. Fans get their first taste at Josh Dobbs at quarterback. It wasn't exactly how they drew it up and planned it, but a lot to dissect here and hit on both from like the micro in-game stuff and then the macro big picture stuff pertaining to this quarterback position. Sam, let's start with you because this was a a totally bizarre football game we just watched. And I think we knew things were going to look awfully different going from one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league to a fifth round pick making his first start. But Jaron Hall, I mean, he only lasts about 10 snaps or so. He was ruled out with that concussion. Uh, K.J. Osborne, prayers up to him. He was ruled out as well. Super scary collision earlier in that game. But Dobbs comes into the game. Uh, He just got in Minnesota, what? He landed, what, four days ago? Four and a half days to get settled in. He takes a safety, loses a fumble, and then throws a (laughs) touchdown pass. Oh, that was all in the first half. So let's just start with your knee-jerk reaction. I guess your biggest takeaways or two from what just took place here in week nine. Just (laughs) mind blown. That was jarring 
to see <laughs> stylistically that type of quarterback in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Um, cu- there's some hazards that come along with it. Um, couldn't hang on to the ball a few times, but the ability to move and to throw on the run too was really fun to watch. Seven rushes, 66 yards, and a game-saving fourth down that just defied description. His touchdown run was unbelievable. He's got wheels, man, like really, really impressive mobility. But beyond that, like I would say even more impressive, with the exception of a couple bad balls, you know, who doesn't have a couple clunkers during the game, his delivery was very precise. He made some throws like over the top of a defender that were right on the money. I thought his arm talent for having very little chemistry with this receiving core was really good today. So there's actually reason to get excited about next week and going forward with Josh Dobbs. You know, hold on to the ball, Josh. Two hands if you're going to run with it, please. But other than that, it like you kind of had a little confidence going into that final drive that, hey, he might be able to – to improvise enough if plays break down to make something happen. And he did. That was really, really cool. Yeah, well said. Ron, same question just to start before we get into all the details. I just want your biggest observations or kind of knee-jerk reaction to how this team played with the backup to the backup and still found a way to come out with a win on the road against a physical, tough Atlanta football team. Well, you know, in Atlanta, I mean, I know a lot of people don't have probably never heard this line in a song, but there's a song with a uh, big boy and he says, I got the backup plan to my backup plan, the backup, the back, my backup plan. Like that's what Kevin O'Connell had to do when he was in the A. He had to get his backup to the backup plan. And then his other additional backup plan, Cam Akers, if Josh Dobbs went out, got hurt as well. So this was at one point felt like a fire drill. You had KJ yeah. Osborne with a big injury. You had Jaron Hall go out. Then you had Cam Akers lipping off. I literally, and then you had TJ Hawkinson in the in the tent. I mean, this was a car crash, and it was super ridiculous with the amount of that. And then also the punch that was not called when uh, Jordan Asa got mm. punched in the face by number yeah, three. For a safety. lot of those. Um, the hold on TJ Hawkinson on third and five that wasn't caught. It just it felt extremely chaotic. It felt like the referees could feel the chaos and they didn't know what to do. And then you want to throw chaos in there at Josh Dobbs. Like he was yeah. chaos. He was exact. Ex- I mean, extremely chaotic. Normally at the end of games, when our quarterback is about to get sacked, it's going to be a sack. It's going to be a sack or it's going to be a check down to somebody and everybody's going to be pissed off at the check down for our life. Josh Dobbs breaks a long run, not once, but twice in this game where everybody's like, whoa, he's a magician. So, I'm excited to see what he can do next. Uh, Honestly, when you look at what Taylor Heineke did, I think the Byron Murphy Jr. interception was huge. Mm -hmm. But Josh Dobbs, like, he gives Kevin O'Connell the ability. And I I think, honestly, I think Kevin O'Connell's offense was set for Jaron Hall, and Josh Dobbs can run it because he can roll out. He can play action the same way. So it was a similar play plan. I think the the best thing that happened was not having to go from Kirk Cousins to Josh Dobbs, but Jaron Hall to Josh Dobbs. I don't think you would have had the same offensive like quickness yeah. going from Kirk going from Kirk to Josh because you would not have you know created that mid game, but Josh Jobs, I mean, he's played some pro football before with Arizona Cardinals, and we got a glimpse of it today. The good thing, and I said this last week, this is an easy stretch of games. Even though this was a close game, who cares if they beat bad teams closely? Mm-hmm. As long as they win, and I think that's going to be the key, getting some confidence going down. It's tough now for Jaron Hall. He was five for six before he got yeah. the concussion with some really good scrambles. And now we're probably never going to see him again this season because I think Josh Jobs earned it in this game alone.
Yeah, I do want to ask you guys about Jaron. Yeah, I wonder about later on. Yeah, yeah, but because the the sideline reporter in on the broadcast, um, I forget her name, said Christina Pink. It was Christina Pink. Yeah, said that um, there there seemed to be an implication that they really had contracted the playbook for Dobbs, but they didn't for Jaron Hall. So I wonder if Hall is cleared from concussion protocol. I wonder if they would rather stick with Jaron Hall because they kind of get the whole playbook. I mean, he was making a lot more changes at the line of scrimmage. He was in control of a lot more. He had a lot more options. It's more dynamic offense versus whatever you can kind of cobble together on, you know, short notice with Josh Dobbs. But that said, now he has a full week as probably the the starter. We'll see if Jaron Hall again, maybe he just gets cleared in two days because concussions can be like that. Or maybe it's three weeks, right? So having a full week with Dobbs, maybe you can get more dynamicism there and, and get it. But I, it's just it's just like gutty. Like that's the only word that comes to mind is just like gutty. Like just escape the sack, never give up, find a, a lane, go get an explosive rush. The touchdown, a couple of them on the, uh, on the final game winning drive. Just never give up, never surrender, gutty. Yeah, it was when Dobbs tied it up in the third quarter when he ran that one in, and then the two-point conversion to Tristan Jackson. Sitting on the couch with my wife, she turns to me and she goes, is this a preseason game? Josh Dobbs to Tristan Jackson? Like, who who are these guys? What's going on right now? Is this the middle of August? No, it's week nine in Minnesota. That's how we roll. And, and Luke, I'm sitting there thinking, too, if the Vikings were to pull this one out, it's one of the greatest performances of in-game adjustments and adapting on the fly to your it's surrounding such that we've maybe ever class. seen. So, so like, like, yeah, how much credit does KOC and this team get for that? I, I think in two ways. For one, yeah, like the schematic version of you you do not have Jefferson. You don't have Derisaw. You don't have a quarterback that started, that, that was with you, you know, 10 days ago. You are working with backups to backups to backups, like Ron said. Uh, but also I think there's, it's a culture win because it, it's so easy to pack it in. You know, when you get, you, you, you just had a, a great drive from Jaron Hall thinking, Oh, Hey, look, this is actually going to work. We believe in it. He goes out next drive. Josh Dobbs, you know, f- gets a safety. It looks totally de- like it would have been so easy to show a little, like a little quit. It would have been so easy to say, gosh, wow, bad luck. All, all well, woe is us. Um, and just to fight and scrape and claw through so many haymakers from the Falcons at 60 yard, John U. Smith touchdown and just kind of keep flying. Like the most demoralizing thing that can happen to you is when the, the Falcons call the same play six times in a row, mid zone, same exact play six times in a row for the, for a touchdown for their final touchdown of the game. Like that is so demoralizing. Yeah. And then to show up next drive, and, and get the stop that you need. I mean, I know they only had 22 seconds, but like just to get the ball back and, and have the drive that the Vikings had there, like there's just not an ounce of quit in this team. And that goes to culture. Well, well Ron, I want your two cents on that. And I'm not going to pull up every win on his resume, but fair to say this was one of the better wins KOC just put up in his young career, given again, the implications, all the different variables that was thrown at him. You've been in an NFL locker room before, Ron. What's, what's the emotion like right now for this team and what's it do for the momentum and chemistry now moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I said this last week, too. People are like, oh, did they just give up? No, I don't care what you think about what we should do. This is what a player's thinking. We should tank to get a better draft pick. We should do this. Everybody was banking on when Jaron Hall got hurt. Like, all right, let's just go lose every game now, and let's try to get a better draft pick. And then Josh Jobs literally pees on everybody's party and says, hold up. 
I'm I'm better than you guys realize. And so, and that's, I mean, he just flew into Minnesota a couple of days ago. There's guys that work at places like, I'm not going to name businesses, but companies. And in the first three or four days, they don't even know where to go to the bathroom at. They don't know who to email, <laughs> like to find out what time they can go to lunch. And this guy is out here winning football games in that amount of time. Uh, he probably doesn't even know everybody's name on the team by face. Like if he were to stand right. in front of a bunch of guys and they'd be like, who is that? He would probably be like, uh, Tito? Like, dude, we don't even have a Tito on the team. <laughs> like, so when you when you think about where he is, I mean, it is a great call for Kevin O'Connell. And you saw every every chance the camera could get. You could see Kevin O'Connell every time Josh Jobs came off trying to talk him through. Like, hey, just think about this. You like Because it was the one, I think, when he threw it to TJ Hawkinson. He was telling them, like, you stared him down the entire time. So that next defender coming in is just reading your eyes. And he was trying to tell them, like, turn to your left a little bit, hold him, and then come back to your right last minute. And he was trying to, like, walk him through that. And Josh Jobs, again, it's like drinking water from a fire hose. He's trying yeah. to figure out everything. And then also you're like, oh, wait, I got to look a guy off, too. I totally forgot about that. My bad, coach. I'm just trying to figure out what the play is. Uh, but at the end of the day, the next question is going to be Justin Jefferson. He was eligible to come back. Uh -huh. And does he now come back this week? Like, or does he, do they hold him off? I know he has to meet with the doctors and trainers, they said, to get completely cleared. Um, but does this want to speed him up now, seeing what Josh Dobbs can do, uh, putting another weapon on the field? Because next week they're going to go into the game with probably no K.J. Osborne, mm -hmm. uh, probably no Jaron Hall. Uh, so you're going to have Josh Dobbs and then Sean Mannion. And so can you get J.J. back on the field to add another weapon to this team? You had Nikhil Harry on the field for key plays in this game. That's how far down. Yeah. And Powell, I thought Powell got banged up at one point, but then came back in, caught the game-winning TD. I just want to point this out before Luke redirects us. Does this officially redeem the Josh Freeman game? I was going to say, this feels like finally, karmic, like 10 years later. Yeah, Cartlight's balancing the scales. Almost 10-year anniversary of the Josh Freeman game. You get another Josh coming in on a short week of prep and doing the opposite of what the other Josh did. Um, so I think we can stop talking about Freeman now. We can just talk about Dobbs the, and put the Josh Dobbs legacy game deep into the past. <laughs> well, and if Period. I told you while you were watching the Freeman game that, hey, in 10 years from exactly today or whenever, you know, pretty close to uh, a, a decade um, that, hey, everything would be redeemed. Would you take it? I think a lot of fans would. I think they would. Uh, Sam, I want was a lost season. Who cares about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam, I want your two cents. Try your try your best to think about this team and what things look like just a week ago, right? Six, seven days ago, because a lot was made this week. Whether this front office was going to be sellers, were they going to be buyers yeah. at the deadline? Quasi kind of stuck at the the crossroads, losing his starting quarterback, but also, hey, we just won three straight. We're in the thick of a playoff race. It's only one game now, but how should fans feel about the decision to stand pat for the most part and keep their core, you know, nucleus intact with eight games to play after what you saw today without Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I, I think Quazy's philosophical choices will kind of bear out over time. Like mm -hmm. we will see in retrospect yeah. how that looks. I respect he and KOC's philosophy that they want to play competitive games in Minnesota that they just may not be a tanking front office coach combo ownership doesn't like tanking. This is not a tanking organization. Um, and that's fine. Um, might you regret if Daniel Hunter leaves, might you regret not getting something more for that guy? Maybe probably. Um, but I think, I think you still have a ways to go to, to call yourself a contender with this backup quarterback. Like, I don't think that, well, he's, you know, suddenly made turn the Vikings back into like a legit playoff team. I don't know about that. 
Um, but now, now you get, you've got some time, you've got still a soft schedule and time to get Josh Dobbs up to speed. Maybe you can turn this into something more meaningful right now. I think it's more about staying afloat, um, trying to grind out wins like you did today, but Quazy has the potential to look like a genius for this Josh Dobbs move for getting him basically for free. He gets you a win five days later and maybe a number of wins to come. So that move fortifying the quarterback position with someone that a lot of people doubted, I think, and myself included at the time of the trade, um, Quazy could come out of here looking, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, well said. All right, I want to keep diving into this one and talk about kind of where the Vikings go from here. But first, let's get a quick word in from our sponsors over at LinkedIn. Guys, don't forget this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why it's a must to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. I've done it myself. Trust me when I say it's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs to help you spread the word fast that you're hiring. Personally, my favorite part, it's also simple. The tools they give you makes it extra easy, and it's also extremely quick. Like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skill set and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free on linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Ron. Uh, I got to talk about this Brian Flores defense, man. I mean, they, things may get overshadowed this week, certainly about all the quarterback controversy and talk, you know, the next few days about Dobbs coming in and where do we go with Jaron Hall. But uh, Brian Flores, man, he needs some love on that side of the ball. What did you see from them on that side of the ball today in Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, so there were times where you, you're like, man, we got to stop rushing just three or four. But honestly, he was playing chess like he was – he was trying to see what Taylor Heineke would do. He didn't. And we did see Taylor Heineke actually get out the pocket and get some big runs. So I think that was another part of it. Brian Flores knew kind of what they didn't want, which is that, which some of those big runs down the stretch. Um, the, the Taylor Heineke giving himself up, knee maybe touching the ground, Harrison Smith punching the ball out. For me, I thought that should have been a turnover because technically if you're going to continue to give him the yards as his body goes forward, but you don't stop him where he started to give himself up because that's what mm -hmm. the slide does. It's not where you end up. It's where you started. So if you're not going to stop him at giving himself up where he starts, but where he lands, then I still should be able to punch him out until he's officially down. And that's what Harrison Smith did. He punched the ball out. He wasn't officially down. Nobody had touched him. So giving himself up versus like he gets those extra couple of yards of moving forward, I think that that should have been a fumble. But then you get the interception from Byron Murphy in that same situation, rushing three to four, playing coverage behind it. Um, Josh Metellus, he was this close the big pass behind him to the to tight end Kyle Pitts. If he one oh, has man, a higher vertical, crazy or throw. he just keeps getting depth, realizing there's nothing in front of him that's to scare him, and just keep backing up, keep backing up slowly. He probably gets an interception there. Uh, there was, I think, one on the sideline. I couldn't remember if it was Cam Bynum again on that one. Cam Bynum kind of ran a perfect, you know, uh, combo, and he realized, yep, he's going to throw it behind him. 
he could have picked it off there. So Brian Flores is putting guys in perfect positions. And then you actually saw the the goal line stand, I guess you want to call it the red zone yeah. stand, mm-hmm. the Huge. defense line, DJ Wanham, uh, Harrison Phillips, they came alive as well. So there was flashes of like, you know, I don't think this was a Kirk Cousins is out, we have to win defense. This was the same defense we've seen. We're finally just seeing them in moments. And again, I'm not going to not gonna hate. It was Taylor Heineke. T- Taylor Heineke did have a, a decent day, though. Uh, but this defense did do their job. So that's all that was needed. Yeah, I, the goal line stand really sticks out. But you also got to remember the Vikings were losing the turnover battle two to zero, you know, about uh, mm-hmm. almost two full quarters into that game. Uh, forcing those two turnovers was huge as well. But Luke, just same question. What's sticking out to you right now uh, from this defense right now? And, and and is really starting to impress a lot of people as of late. I mean, yeah, they're, they're playing out of their skulls. I, yeah. It was really interesting how much drop eight they did in this one. I know the Vikings do a lot of drop eight, like that's their identity, but it felt like they were much more interested in dropping back into coverage than trying to blitz uh, and send a ton of people at Taylor Heineke. They really thought that, that the Falcons were going to be able to counter that pretty well. Um, And to be honest, I think the best play in Atlanta's arsenal all day was smoke screen to Johnny Smith. That's how they got that 60 yard touchdown. They converted a couple on that. Yeah, uh, countering a blitz. So I, maybe that is part of the logic is, hey, you know, their quick game, the stuff they check into is actually pretty good. We don't want to necessarily get into that. Let's drop eight. Um, So I, it's very interesting how much drop eight there was. I, I, Heineke did a pretty good job of finding windows in that. And the Vikings did a pretty good job of getting pressure with three. I thought Daniel Hunter was in there a lot. I thought DJ Wanham had a pretty good game against that Falcons O-line um, getting into the backfield. So just everything about this game is so weird. Like, yeah, the drop eight coverage was actually kind of uh, uh, had some holes in it. And the three man rushes actually got home a little bit. Like, sure. Yeah, that's how that's supposed <laughs> sure. to work. Just, just exactly <laughs> how you draw it up. Sam, I'll give you the final word on the defense, how they've been really stepping up the last few games and what you're seeing when it comes to, you know, what's the main catalyst, I guess, for the recent success, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, today you see 28 on the board, but let's take away two for the safety and then mm-hmm. six from two very short fields where yeah, the defense actually did well turnovers to, to hold range. them. Yeah, so, I mean, it really, it's a 20 points allowed game by the defense. I think you'll take that all day long. You don't like getting bullied on that final touchdown drive in the run game. And, and I thought they'd been stout against the run leading up to that. Um, I think just as you watch on TV, there isn't a player on this defense where you're just like cringing when the, when it's thrown their way. There, no one's getting exposed. Murphy's playing adequately. Evans is playing adequately. Metellus is all over the place. I feel like last year, every other series, Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hicks were getting burned by a tight end or a running back. That's not happening as much this year. Everybody just seems to be playing cohesively as a unit, and I thought the defense particularly on that defensive line play with a lot of physicality and a lot of aggression. I missed the joke from Ron. Um, so I bet it was hilarious though. Um, <laughs> that's all I got. De- defense. Just a camp, to your point about uh, Jordan Hicks and uh, what you would call it. Cam Dance was yeah. a part of that problem too last year. A little bit. Just oh, a little bit. Yeah, a little the bit. busts. Yeah. Um, speaking of cams, by the way, Kevin O'Connell on the podium does confirm Cam Akers Achilles injury. 
Oh, man. Well, <sighs> well, let me ask you, Ron, just stemming off that. Aftermath of all these injuries, Akers, Toast, Jaron Hall, concussion, Derisaw, surprise injury this morning, K.J. Osborne, uh, Hawkinson even hobbled up. But then you think about next week, okay, knock on wood, hopefully getting a guy like Justin Jefferson back. Just what's it all look like with so many moving parts when you envision next week versus the Saints? Uh, well, next week versus Saints, in my opinion, I think um, it, it's got to look at what the end of this game looked like. Josh Dobbs, and this is my last one before I get out of here, but yep. Josh Dobbs has to be able to do what he did. I think he has to be the guy. Cam Jordan, we know this was the Cam Jordan, I hate Kirk Cousins game. And so now <laughs> you're going to see a quarterback that makes fast decisions fast. And so we'll we'll see how they handle it. But I, I like his legs. Like I like the fact that he can force coaches to say, we can't just rush. We can't just sit back and, and play man coverage with our backs to the quarterback because if we miss, he's going to get 20 yards. And so I think that's – this is – I think Sam said it. This is something we haven't seen from a quarterback here ever, like a guy that really just is a true runner but also can can beat you with the pass. I think when he learns this offense um, – and I'm not saying it's going to happen even this week, but, you know, the little bits and pieces of it, you're seeing KOC having to become a mastermind in this. Yeah, well said. That's Ron Johnson again on X at 3 Ron Johnson. Can't wait to hear you break down the Vikings this week on the Ron Johnson show. Um, I'll let either of you guys answer that one as well, just to follow up. Is there one guy when you see all those big names on paper there that got hurt today or were missing like a Derrissaw surprise injury um, that you say is really a key uh, kind of catalyst to getting him back if this team's going to continue to succeed moving forward? I mean, Derisaw might be the most important of that For sure. group. Yep. I thought Questenberry conducted himself pretty well. I know he gave up the safety. Part of that was Dobbs' fault, though. Um, I thought he did well in this game. But y- y- there's going to be a trickle-down effect, right? Like, if Osborne and Jefferson don't play. And remember, Adam Schefter did tweet, uh, I think it was last night, that Justin Jefferson is not insured to be activated, that there are yeah. still tests that have to be done. Uh, yeah. They might be a little more cautious with him. It's a four to six week injury. We've just hit the four week mark. So that's not a guarantee. So you could have a receiving core, you know, of Powell, Addison, Tristan Jackson could be your one, two, three. Maybe Jalen Naylor makes an appearance, but you're going to be depleted at wide receiver. Um, I'm I'm less concerned, I guess. And shout out to Cam Akers, man. That's really tough. Yeah. I guess I feel okay about Ty Chandler and Kenny Wongwu being activated, being part of that mix. Although Akers had shown us plenty of good stuff this year, but yeah. I, I, I think that they can function. I'd love to get Derisaw back though. That would be the number one for me. And beyond that, I think you do have just enough depth to get by. Uh, but yeah, let's get Jefferson back. That wouldn't hurt. Um, are we 100% sold that, you know, let's just say Jaron Hall gets cleared on Tuesday, right? And both, yeah. you got both quarterbacks, uh, you know, in your back pocket, who's starting on Wednesday at practice first team. Uh, how do we feel? Uh, I mean, did Dobbs do enough there? Did he plant the flag? Can you say there's any way after what Dobbs just did rallied you back, got a dub on the road that what you're going to, you're going to bench this guy now. I, I mean, what's I don't your think just so. quick thoughts on that. I mean, Dobbs. the safety was bad. The strip sack fumble was bad. The other fumble right into the DT was bad. Like he did a lot of really cool legacy stuff. And I think he gets to feel pretty good today. But there was a lot of really, really rough stuff that you cannot like just ignore. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Hall is going to be eligible. Like you saw that the Falcons had this exact yeah. situation. It's right. concussion. Ritter, Ritter yeah, was yeah. clear. But good but point. look around the league. There is a precedent now that is constant across all 32 teams. Concussion means you're out. 
a week. It's yeah. not written officially in stone, but that is the precedent that's been set with all the conscientiousness about head injuries, the Tua stuff last year. Hall might be cleared. He's not going to play next week. I'm I'm 99% sure that this is going to be a Josh Dobbs week. Um, and then you'll have two games of data to decide whether you want to continue with Dobbs if Hall then is eligible. Uh, who's after the Saints? Is that the Bears, Raiders? Who's who's that game? Uh, we go Bears, Raiders, I believe. Let me Bears pull it up. Bears, bye week, Raiders, I think. Denver, where's Denver? Saints, oh, Denver, Denver Chicago, bye week, okay. Raiders Saints, out Denver, of the bye. Saints, Denver, Chicago, bye. Yeah, and I, I think a big part of it too, and we don't, we're not going to get to know this. Kevin O'Connell is not going to tell us this. Is just how well Dobbs is grasping the the playbook. Really hard to do that. O'Connell just in the post game pressers going on right now said like it was an install on the fly. It was like okay, this is our concept. This is how you read it, like in the huddle. So <laughs> crazy that that actually worked out and turned into a game. But I think that's also part of why Dobbs was just breaking the pocket and running around sometimes. Um, so I don't know if what we saw today is necessarily what we get from Dobbs in the long term. I think he was just playing gutty hero ball without a lot of those concepts actually being executed the way that they're supposed to be executed, which, of course, four days, right? Like, that's just dudes just going out there and hooping. Um, but if you get into Tuesday, Wednesday, and you still feel like, ah, I don't know if he's going to be executing these concepts properly, then assuming Jaron Hall is cleared by some kind of miracle, then I, I don't think you stick with him. But I'm, I'm with Sam that I, it's going to be Josh Jobs against the Saints. Uh, I'd be super surprised. I mean, Jaron Hall got knocked out cold. Like that's going to be, yeah. that's going to take some time and he should get that time. It's actually, it's very good that teams are more, way more cautious than they ever have been with concussions. Please don't fry his brain. <laughs> seriously, seriously. No, well said. A couple quickies to close here coming up. Let's just look at that remaining schedule a little bit more in depth and what all that looks like right after I tell you about FanDuel. Quick reminder. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, no matter what, win or lose, when you throw down just 5 bucks. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on all the action. The app, it's so easy to use. And they got everything you need. Money lines, parlays, prop bets, you name it, they got it. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire NFL season. And it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use. I love the Hawkinson over 53 yards today. In fact, we use FanDuel's uh, prop lines every week on the Minnesota football party because we love it that much. So go check it out and see for yourself and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on today. America's number one sports book, FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right, fellas, halfway mark. Weird year. I'll just say that. Weird year. <laughs> Vikings are five and four. Forget about how we got here, but we're five and four, a game above 500 now. Huge win. Moves us closer in the NFC North race. Uh, you kind of touched on it uh, earlier, Sam. Saints, Denver, Chicago, bye week. I guess how much more confidence do you have in this team that they can stay hot and continue this run after finally seeing them win without Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I would say the the Saints are a slight uptick in class from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I do not think Taylor Heineke is good, and I don't think they utilize their offensive pieces well in Atlanta. I think I think New Orleans will be a little tougher test next week. They're five and four. They beat the Bears today. 
right? They, I assume they finished that game off. They were up by seven late. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go forward now with a week of Dobbs. Your defense is playing better. And your defense, with all the injuries going on, your defense seems to be fairly healthy. They kind of survived all that physicality. I'm not sure anybody on defense went down and stayed out in this yeah. game. So that that's that's a good sign. You can win, you know, each of these next four games leading up to Cincinnati where it gets really challenging. But I think it is more of a coin flip every week. Are you going to get crazy Josh Dobbs runs to bail you out every week? Are you going to get gift giveaways by the opposing quarterback every week? Maybe not. Um, So you are going to need to play a little more sustainably on offense. Uh, You're probably going to find yourself in one score games every single week, and you're going to need some heroics from that quarterback. And I I think we're we're on a high today, but it could turn next Mm -hmm. week, right? There's just, there's not a lot known about what Josh Dobbs is going to do in this offense or Jaron Hall. So let's go, let's go a week at a time. I wouldn't make any grand proclamations about, the future, but let's see if they can hang against the Saints. Let's see if Dobbs can play cleanly. Yeah, uh, Luke, kind of same thoughts. I mean, we only have one game to go off of. That's all we got, but of course, we're going to sit here and dissect it as much as we can. Did this win move the needle at all for the Vikes in the NFC playoff picture, given these uh, you know, next three games coming up? A lot of people are, are calling it a pretty soft stretch here. I mean, I think it showed where the team's at, right? Yep. No quit. Gives you hope. I mean, you you, you kind of go into this last nine games. We're all going, all right, season's over. Everybody kind of is like halfway rooting for them to lose and let's get draft picks and, you know, what's going on in the Pac-12. Like, I, I think it changes that a little bit for people. But the team, they're going, no, we're going to just go win the game in front of us. Want to know every week, right? Uh, there, There's something that Kwesi said in one of his, his press conferences before the season started that just said, you know, we're just focusing on the five feet in front of us. I love that just the five feet in front of you. Go go play the Saints, playoff picture, all that stuff. That'll play itself out. Yeah, maybe they make the playoffs as the seven seed and then they don't do anything and they lose and then it ruins, it, it makes them, you know, 10 spots lower in the draft and they would, oh my God, who cares? Today was fun. Let it be fun. Yeah, no, well said. All right, last one, then we'll get out of here. I think, you know, KOC should get so much love this week for what he did with the in-game management stuff. Josh Dobbs, obviously, is going to get a lot of love for putting the team on his back. But just give me one kind of under-the-radar guy that you picked out while you sat down and watched this game that you just want to give a little shout-out to, a little bit of love. Sam, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I thought Metellus was flying around once again. I thought the secondary was quietly quite good. Um Johnny Munt making a play. I'm just yeah. going to steal everybody from Braun. Braun, go ahead before I, before <laughs> I rattle off too many. Yeah, just rattle off all of them. Um, uh, DJ I thought Jaquelin Roy kind of flashed a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't get had that one ton of snaps, but yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he had that one really cool uh, TFL where he just penetrated in, and that's kind of what he does. He just sometimes yeah. he just like finds himself in the backfield, and it's a three-yard loss. Um, it's Wanham for me. Wanham was in the backfield a lot on three-man rushes, beating blocks, really trying to have an outsized effect on Heineke. A lot of those bad Heineke throws were, you know, on the run away from Wanham or away from Hunter. I think those guys really got everything kind of started from there and it made it. So even when there were holes in the zone, if there were slight spacing mistakes or just slight, you know, receiver ran a good route, found the spot. It's too tight of a window. And I think they just, it's, it's not unlike last week. There were opportunities there, 
but they were too difficult to actually seize them for Taylor Heineke. Same thing as with Jordan Love. Yeah, well said. Vikings beat the Falcons 31-28 in one of the most bizarre games you'll ever see. They moved to 5-4 and four in the year. Rest assured, we'll be breaking it all down right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota channel. So glad you guys could join us. Each one of you, 225 people in the live stream right now. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us. And a reminder, we're going to be here every single game from here on out the rest of the season. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel. That's your reminder as well. Go check out Luke every day on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. He's pumping out every you need to know throughout the Vikings 2023 season but that'll do it for us today follow us on x at Luke underscore Spinman at three Ron Johnson check him out on the Ron Johnson show every week at Luke Braun NFL check him out every day on the Locked on Vikings podcast Sam Ekstrom host of the Minnesota football party he's on x at Sam Ekstrom for Luke Braun Ron Johnson Sam Ekstrom I'm Luke Inman until next time signing out Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.